thank you and thank the Lord for East Parkway Church and for your partnership in the gospel these many years. I think it was uh, in the mid-2000, uh, from 2000 to 2010, what do we call that period, the mid-teens, that uh, we came and we began to be supported by your church and um, Steve Burlingham and Elva, our friends going way back. Steve was a classmate of mine at Bob Jones University. And uh, I, he went from Southern California to Bob Jones University. I hitchhiked from, from Southern California. I graduated high school in Riverside. And I hitchhiked across country to, to Greenville, South Carolina. I had long hair, and I had a grandmother who said that, uh, well, she might help support me if I would go to a Christian college. Well, the Christian colleges I know had the word Christian in them or something. Bob Jones didn't have the word Christian in it, and I thought, well, <clears throat> that sounds, uh, it's supposed to be a Christian college. And so uh, I had no idea. I had no idea. My father was a Southern Baptist evangelist. He was a church planter. He planted churches in this area, West Sacramento. He helped organize a church before I was born. He started two churches in uh, Grand Prairie, Texas, where I was uh, born in Dallas, Texas, 1954. Anybody older than that here? <laughs> oh, okay. And uh, I get sidetracked real easy, so I have to stay focused. But the Lord did save me. Uh, he saved me a number of times. He's still saving me. But I uh, really believe I got my heart right with God when I went to Bob Jones. Got my hair cut three times in a week uh, because my grandmother said when she saw me in Oklahoma, uh, and she didn't pay my way to for transportation. I was hitchhiking. She wanted to know how much I'd saved up. I had $100 in my pocket to go to college. And uh, she says, well, we'll see. She didn't promise. She didn't give me anything, but she sent money to the school after she had a confirmation that I was actually enrolled. She did say, you're going to need to cut your hair. Well, I just cut my hair. <clears throat> and so I thought, well, maybe I need to cut it again. I got it cut again before I got to campus. And they were very gracious to me. I had one little suitcase. I didn't have a coat. Every night they wore a suit jacket to supper, to dinner. And a roommate was gracious. He said, oh, you're going to need a coat. And he loaned me his coat. And uh, so, uh, but then I went to get my student picture for the ID. And they were very gracious, the students. Uh, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't feel it at the time. I didn't feel I was really different or oddball. But they said, uh, oh, you'll, you need to get your hair cut and then come back and, and, we'll get, and we'll get you all set up, you know. And uh, boy, that third time, boy, I did feel different at, after that third haircut. <laughs> and uh, I had taken my, I brought my cassette tapes with uh, the Beatles and my rock music and I had marijuana. I smoked the night before uh, I got to the campus. I mean, I was a, I was a mess. You know, (laughs) 
but God knew what he was doing. And he still knows what he's doing. And Lord saved me and gave me a burden for Chinese people. I prayed for Taiwanese missionaries. I prayed for missionaries in Taiwan when I was at Bob Jones. And one of those couples that I prayed for, uh, uh, missionaries that I prayed for, they were working with American servicemen. One of those servicemen got saved and ended up at Bob Jones the following year, knocked on the door, and he was our new roommate. We had five, five roommates in a room. God taught me the value of prayer, that God can save people that we don't know. God can save people. And it's been a wonderful life. Uh, meeting Ruth, 1979. Got married, 1980. And uh, Steve has followed us. Uh, Steve was a roommate. Steve was across the hall from me at Bob Jones. And I'd get up at, if I did get up early, he'd be outside on the floor, uh, kneel down in where there was a light. And you couldn't get up before 5.30, but he'd get up and he'd be reading his Bible and praying. I thought, well, that's a good, that's a good example. And uh, I think he's still doing that. Yeah. Praise God. Well, the Lord has been good to us, and we've been able to see uh, five churches get started and established in Taiwan. And uh, we're in the sixth one now, the fifth and sixth one. We're working together, dividing up our time with a new church. Most of this video was reflecting our primary involvement in uh, Dalin, D-A-L-I-N. Dalin is in the southern half of Taiwan, northern part of Jiayi County. And 34, or about 33,000 people. How many people does Fair Oaks have? Does anyone know? Or Granite Bay. Is this Granite Bay? Is there a ballpark figure? No? Okay. Well, 33,000 people. There was one known church when we first went there and uh, went to the one Presbyterian church, and the man, the pastor asked if I would share our vision for 119 with the other Presbyterian pastors in the general area. So he called a meeting, and we shared our vision. And they affirmed they thought it was a great vision. And, but they moved a little bit slower than uh, the Lutherans did. And the Lutherans were, had, uh, had a burden to reach Dalin. And so while these two groups were praying, uh, the other missionaries we were working with, well, they um, were quite aggressive, the Kembos, and they um, made a connection with Pastor Leo. Casper Leo had been a... Uh, scientist and came to America to do graduate work, became a Christian in, uh, in Rhode Island. No, um, yeah, New England. And uh, then went to Columbia Bible Seminary in um, South Carolina. Came back and joined the Lutherans. And so he was our co-worker for starting a church in Dahlin, 
called the Good Neighbor Church. We've been there now for six years, and uh, we're seeing slow growth. And uh, but God is is saving people. We've had about 17 people baptized over this period. Some whom were on their deathbed went on to be with the Lord, but that opened the door into their homes to be able to continue reaching people with the gospel. We had a girl come uh, a couple years ago, pretty girl. She stood up tall and uh, in the service, and I wondered where she came from. Uh, she introduced herself. She was a nurse in the local hospital, the Dalin Buddhist Hospital, a quite large hospital. And uh, a couple of men in our church had a food business, and they had met her on the road and uh, invited her to church. And she came out. And the first Sunday, something very unusual. First Sunday she came, introduced herself, and Ruth talked to her afterwards and shared the gospel with her, sat down with her and showed her from the scriptures uh, that Christ wants to save her from her sin. And she says, Do you, she says something about the, that he can really save me from, from all my sins. He can save me. And she led her to trust in Christ just as simple as we wished it would always be. And uh, very unusual. But she made a commitment to the Lord. And a month later when uh, the other man who had led her to Christ was baptized. This was at Easter. It was announced from the Pope. Anybody else like to be baptized, we can plan it for the next time we have baptism. And she raised her hand. And then at Easter, the following Easter, and we usually have baptism usually... Easter and Christmas season are the times traditionally when people are baptized. Um, that's just the, kind of the way it is in Taiwan. And she was baptized and she'd been faithful. Works, uh, very faithful. Uh, we wish it was always that easy. And my message today is not in vain. Uh, that's the title. And I pray that it's not in vain. But it's from Isaiah chapter 45. Actually, we didn't have the scripture reading yet, did we? So let's do that. <clears throat> I want to focus on uh, Isaiah 45, verses 11 through 25. And while you're turning there, we say that uh, this girl, her name is Bi uh, Xuan, or Belle, B-E-L-L-E, this nurse. Uh, she was raised by her grandmother and doesn't know, who, doesn't know her mother. Her father had died. Had died raised by her grandmother, country farmer, still working in her 70s. And for the last two years, we've wanted to meet her grandmother and share the gospel. And it literally has not been possible until last month. And there's not a lot of people in our church, a lot of people we're working with and ministering to. But here's a lady, and we want to meet her family. And we met her grandmother for the first time. It was just impossible. No matter what we did, we couldn't... You know, we couldn't get uh, her there when she was there. And um, what a difference. This grandmother is the first person we've been in a person's home where she refused to sit. She, let, she asked us to sit, but she didn't sit. She stood. And that's very uncomfortable. In a Chinese setting, just never, you just don't do that. And, um, but she'd already asked us to sit, but then she refused to sit. So then... Uh, we may 
connection for a few minutes, and then she was on her way out to go work in the, in the fields. She was a farmer. And uh, just see the, the tremendous difference. She was very typical of Taiwanese. And uh, Belle said that when she became a Christian, her grandmother said, Everything we've done for everything I've done for you, and now look what you've done. She says, You look in this whole district, this whole area, this whole village that they lived in, there's not one other Christian, not one other person that goes to church that anyone knows about. And she says, And look what you've done. And this girl had made a decision that easily to follow the Lord just by hearing the gospel the first time. That was an exception. And her grandmother is the rule. Her grandmother is the rule. But we have a start. And the message this morning is not in vain. Isaiah chapter 45, verses 11 through 25. This is what the Lord says. The Holy One of Israel and its maker concerning things to come. Do you question me about my children or give me orders about the work of my hands? It is I who made the earth and created mankind upon it. My own hands stretched out the heavens. I marshaled their starry hosts. I will raise up Cyrus in my righteousness. I will make all his ways straight. He will rebuild my city and set my exiles free, but not for price or reward, says the Lord Almighty. This is what the Lord says, the products of Egypt and the merchandise of Cush and those tall Sabaeans. They will come over to you and they will be yours. They will trudge behind you, coming over to you in chains. They will bow down before you and plead with you, saying, Surely God is with you, and there is no other. Surely uh, there is no other God. Truly, you are a God who hides himself, O God and Savior of Israel. All the makers of idols will be put to shame and disgrace. They will go off into disgrace together. But Israel will be saved by the Lord with an everlasting salvation. You will never be put to shame or disgrace to ages everlasting. For this is what the Lord says, he who created the heavens, he is God. He who fashioned and made the earth, he founded it. He did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. He says, I am the Lord and there is no other. I have not spoken in secret from somewhere in a land of darkness. I have not said to Jacob's descendants, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. Gather together and come. Assemble you fugitives from the nations. Ignorant are those who carry about idols of wood, who pray to gods that cannot save. Declare what is to be. Present it. Let them take counsel together. Who foretold this long ago? Who declared it from the distant past? Was it not I, the Lord? And there is no God apart from me, a righteous God and a Savior. 
There is none but me. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is no other. By myself I have sworn, my mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked before me. Every knee will bow, and by me every tongue will swear. They will say of me, in the Lord alone are righteousness and strength. All who have raged against him will come to him and be put to shame. But in the Lord, all the descendants of Israel will be found righteous and will exult. The word of the Lord. What a word. A message the Lord has put on my heart is not in vain. And I think of your pastor and the pastors of churches. They represent you to God in a representative way. You, you've called him to be your pastor or you have pastors. And your elders too, they represent you before God. Deacons represent you before God. Uh, praying women who are godly represent the rest of us before God and you perform the duty of a priest, all of you. But a pastor in a called sense uh, has that responsibility. And so he prayer he prays because he's going to be preaching and he's responsible for the teaching ministry. And so he prays and then he prepares and then he preaches and then what? He prays for God to work. He prays for people to come. And who comes? These are his flock. These are his sheep. And you're his sheep, you know. And you put yourself under his ministry. And the prayer of most pastors, the concern of most pastors, and me as a missionary, has been that my work will not be in vain. That who we're praying for, God will save and sanctify. And who's missing? Why? And it's so easy to worry about what's not being accomplished for all the things that we're working on to accomplish. And it's not always the first thought when we say, for, for us to say, wow, praise the Lord, look who all has come. And praise the Lord, brother, how are you? And good to see you. And, and uh, how's uh, sister so-and-so? And just to be overflowing with the, with the blessing of the Lord. And we all should be. And there's so much to be blessed by. But when we preach and we prepare, oftentimes we don't see the result. Just we don't see the result. We don't see what it is that we believe God wants to do. We don't experience it. You know? And then when we've worked, and we've worked in a city and in a church and helped build it up, and then we help uh, 
pray for a pastor to take the work and it works out and sometimes it doesn't work out and the people stop coming and they go into other churches you know and this this is the life this is history and yet we come to a passage like this where God says I have not said to Jacob's descendants seek me in vain and the preacher heralds from the pulpit don't seek God in vain you will not seek God in vain and yet sometimes we experience that vanity and with too much we experience it we sense that our work is in vain and you know the book of Isaiah starts out that way it says sons I've reared and brought up but they've revolted against me an ox knows his master and a donkey knows his master's manger but the my people don't know Israel does not understand God experiences that sense of vanity that what he's done for people people have not responded he sent his servants to preach and to warn them and they've not responded and he goes on in chapter 1 he says where will you be stricken again as you revolt more and more in other words he sends his discipline but it doesn't accomplish its purpose in their lives they don't repent as a result of being disciplined we, re, we discipline our children not because we hate them but for why so they'll come back right but we see in the, in the Bible we see in God's economy how many times he has punished people for sin but the punishment has not resulted in their salvation from the garden of Eden when they kicked him out of the garden did it result in their salvation when he put a mark on Cain, did it keep Cain from sinning and other people from sinning? When he sent the flood as a punishment for the wickedness of men, did it solve the problem of sin in people's hearts? And on and on, Sodom and Gomorrah, he sent judgment and fire for the sin of people. But do we still have the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah? Yes. Because punishment is from a just God, but punishment upon people for their sin cannot atone for their sin. And so we see the great message of salvation, that punishment placed upon Christ is what atones for our sin. That's the message of salvation. Amen? And that's the message we're to proclaim. But we also proclaim the message that God is just and he sends judgments and he sends punishments. And there is a vanity. There's a vanity about it that God sends his judgments. He says, sons I've reared and raised. And yet where are they? They're not in church. They're not coming. They've gone their own way. And all we like sheep have gone astray. Is that right? All we like sheep have gone astray and we go astray again and again and again but the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all and so there's a vanity in, that God has experiences that God experiences that, that he's punished people for their sin because he's just but that didn't solve the problem and Jesus when he's with his disciples and he says Philip I've been with you this long and you still don't understand Jesus 
with his disciples, people that loved him and followed him. Jesus experienced that sense of vanity. I've been with you, and you don't understand. The pastor was to give a survey about what his message has been, and you can answer the question. Do you answer the, the right question? You know, can you give the right answers? Has it affected your life? How does he feel as he prays for you? Are they getting the message? Lord, are they getting the message? And oftentimes we think something's wrong with the message or how we're delivering it. And so when there's a conference to go to, to see what other people are doing and how God is blessing another ministry, how oftentimes we'll go. And there's usually something wrong if we think we don't need that, we don't need that, we don't. We have, you know, we have it. And who comes, comes. But we need to grow. We need to develop. And in Taiwan, we're always learning. And we have so much more to learn. And other churches that are growing, we want to we wanna, we wanna find out, you know, wow, what God is blessing. And, uh, and learn from each other. I pray that we can do that. I pray that we will not be so vain as to think that whatever we've learned is the only way and that, you know, that's it. But on the other hand, the message is the same and sometimes there's a faithfulness that God honors. Paul says, therefore, be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. We need to be faithful and we need to keep preaching the word of God as best we're able to. And God will reward his work. God is the author of salvation. He says he did not create the world that it be empty or that it be in vain. But he formed it to be inhabited. He formed it to be inhabited. And I pray today that we will, we will believe God for the accomplishment of his purposes to save people and to sanctify us. I see pastors like the ministry of John the Baptist. You know, there were two preachers, and one was John and one was Jesus, and they both their disciples. And Jesus started getting a whole lot more disciples. And so the they came and they said, you know that man? He told John, that man on the other side of the river? Well, he's, everybody's going out to him. What did he say? A man can only receive what is given him from heaven. He says, the bridegroom hears the voice. You know, the bridegroom's friend hears the voice of the, of the groom. And when he hears it, then he's happy. So... John is like the bridegroom's friend. He's the best man. And he comes to preach, but he's really introducing the Jesus, the, the groom, to the church and the church to Jesus. And so that's how a preacher is. The preacher is here temporarily. He's the one God uses in your life to bring you to repentance, to proclaim the Lamb of God that takes away to the sin of the world. And then he must in decrease right he must decrease so that Christ receives all the glory and the visible church also 
God is glorified in his visible church. And what does God see when he looks at East Parkway Church today? He sees a beautiful bride. He sees who he paid his lifeblood for. Does that make you feel valuable? Is there anyone who's not valuable here and precious in God's sight? And thank you for your work of praying for us and sending your your people to visit us. We pray you'll come and visit us. We pray you'll uh, look on our website. And there's so much, so many things happening. We uh, we can't keep up with all the names of people that we're meeting on a regular basis. We do prayer tours. We go throughout the island on the side, the west coast side, into these 60 towns, and we see where the where they need churches, and we. Uh, pray with believers in those areas, usually the pastors of the churches in those areas, of evangelical churches. We pray and encourage them. We do this once a month. We take a day and we visit several, uh, several places in a, in a given city, sometimes two or three cities. And we'll stop and pray sometimes 15 or 20 minutes, sometimes an hour and a half. And we'll encourage them. And this is where we do the research. We see, oh, well, there's a church here we didn't even know about. And there's a group here meeting, and they don't have a church yet, but they're believers. Uh, we have a community uh, that we go to once a month in addition to that uh, where there's no church. It's called Shito. And the temple, the idol temple, welcomed us to come and do community service. Where we do haircutting, uh, foot massages. Ruth does, has a ministry of foot massaging. And... Uh, I learned how to do back massaging. I discovered that although most Chinese and Taiwanese look the same, with the same color hair, the same color eyes, I discovered that every single person's back is different and their shoulders <laughs> and their heads. And they all are different. I'm amazed. It's just a discovery. And people are all different. But we do this ministry... And we say, uh, our faith is the reason we're coming. Because we believe in Jesus Christ, and he's the hope of the world, we would like to, to come and help. Well, they have uh, another charity that provides meals at lunchtime each day in this big temple area, which is also the city square. And so we go there once a month for a couple hours, and people line up, and they're happy. Most of them are elderly. They're happy, and then we give them... Uh, at the end, we, we give them one of these uh, bookmarks that has a... We, we have a pile of them. And we say, take your, take your blessing. Well, they love to do this. They love to pick, pick out their blessing. So they'll pick it out, and then inevitably they'll hand it back to me to read or to the person. And we'll read the scripture verse. Uh, I have seen you... This one. I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. We pray over this before we meet them. We pray the Lord will make our ministry leading to their salvation. So we prayed before this. We've been praying for years. And, and so it's not in vain, even though they generally will not do too much more than just take it. Sometimes they'll give it back. We say, no, you, you keep it. But then they'll ask us to interpret it or they'll wait for the interpretation. Just like they go to their idol temple 
when they give out these blessings after they've made a sacrifice and they get their blessing and it'll say something good's going to happen or you need to be more careful something bad might happen they take a chance that they get one of these 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 curses and they take this chance and then they do something else to counteract that curse and in either case they get in bondage to whatever's happening in that temple that idol temple and uh, but we'll give this out and then that'll be the word of God for them but there's no church meeting there we've been there over a year a year and a half and one man the first time a, a blind man um, uh, the first time I shared with him and I asked him if he would like to I told him about the Lord gave him a Bible story I said uh, you can believe would you like to trust Christ and believe and he said yes so the next time I came, I gave him a, um, a, the Bible on a tape, tape player. Uh, well, it's a recording. He just pushes the button. He can hear it. He's been listening to her for over a year. Every time I go back, when he comes and I ask him, he says, yeah, I listen. understand. He says, well, not, not too much. I'm not really sure. You know? Well, we need to, we're praying for a church to be started in Shizu. A place where someone else can follow him up. Someone can, can minister to him. And there's lots of places like this. And so we pray for the gospel to take root and for the church to be established and for little local churches to take on this as a burden, say, oh, we're, little, we're small, we don't have any missionaries. And a lot of churches in Taiwan never sent money to missions, never sent out a missionary. And that's a new thing. And so they can get excited. They can't send out, uh, they can't go and send send out a full-time missionary but they can have a part in sending and they can be part of helping to reach their community and helping to start a new church and this is what we're doing constantly and praying that the little that we have God can make it much we're praying for Shizhou but we did have we did start an uh, involvement in a new work this past year called Tenway and that's just not too far from there and we have a national pastor there a couple with two little kids and they're supported by their home church, whose pastor is on our Taiwan Harvest 119 committee. And for several years, this has been growing and developing. But for the first time, they have their own church facility, a place that we rent and we share the rent. And, and we're spending about half our time there now. So Dalian is growing, and now we're working in Tenway. And... We want to see that for all the west coast of Taiwan. We have 60 of these cities that we're praying over. And we were praying for three new teams to come every year. Well, in the last two years, we've started this one new team. That's in Tenway. So we pray big and believe big. God answers according to his time schedule. And maybe the work would progress faster if more people prayed intelligently and, and, and with more passion. Maybe we're to pray not in vain. We're to pray believing and expect great things for God and attempt great things for God. That's our message. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy and grace to us. Thank you, Lord, that your word is not in vain. Thank you, Lord, that our salvation is not in vain, that your promises are not in vain. Thank you, Lord, that you have experienced what 
most preachers have. You've known the experience of calling and no one answering, of punishing yet not seeing the response of, a, of repentance. Lord, we thank you that we have a God who understands and a high priest who understands, Lord, and who, who knows our infirmities. And our Lord Jesus was in all points tempted like we are except without sin. Lord, we thank you that, Jesus, you forgive us our sins. And we don't often get it right. And we certainly often don't get it right the first time. But sometimes, the first time people hear, they do believe. And your word is powerful. So, Lord, we pray to be encouraged. We pray to encourage East Parkway Church. We thank you for their encouragement for us. And we believe you for 2019, Lord, for great things. For great things, Lord. So many people are caught up with the news and uh, worrying about a thousand different things. But we're part of the kingdom of God and the great commission. And Lord, we need to, to live in light of these realities that the kingdom of God suffers violence and the, the diligent, the violent, take it by force. That Lord, we are not of the darkness but we are of the day, and we are sons of light. We have the light of life. Lord, we have a life that has been changed and is being changed by the gospel. We pray to be used for your glory. Encourage us today. Our Lord, I pray for any special needs that people have that other people might not know. Lord, you know. And Lord, I pray that our prayers of of intercession for needs that we're not don't even know about that the prayer of intercession will be effectual Lord to give grace that you would give grace for people for their particular needs today and for our families and our loved ones we pray in Jesus name Amen what time do we have if it's over it's over uh, we do have a few slides we can walk through uh, and let you see a little more connected. You want to do that for about three or four minutes? Sure. Okay. People that want it say sure. And everybody else bear with us. But uh, we pray it will be a blessing <clears throat> we share this. Introducing Taiwan Harvest 119. Uh, six, is that the first one? Okay. All right. Taking possession of the West Coast. Now, this is our theme. People say, what is 119? Taking possession of the West Coast of Taiwan for Jesus by establishing life-changing Christian communities in every neighborhood. Now, we had a, a local principal of a public school, Sun Hope Elementary School. We have ministry there every summer. He's asked us to teach English with the, for the kids, and he wants to make his school a, a model English school. He's introduced me, and he's told other people, so I find out how, he's not, not a Christian, Benjamin's high, but I found out how they interpret Vision 119. Okay? Now, this is our agenda, taking dominion. But he's interpreted it to other principals, and they're asking, well, why do you have the missionaries come into your school and all? And he says, well, 
they have a vision called 119 to reach the cities on routes 1 and 19. And he says, and we all know these are the cities where our schools are, and we have the weakest schools in the country. And because we, uh, the families that come to our schools are from the countryside, they have the least opportunities. And so they're the weaker people and special needs. And that's how he introduces. He says, so the, people, the, the harbors have come, and that's what they do. And so, okay, well, we're taking possession. They see it as showing care. All right, can we, can we live with that? All right. And so uh, what do we do? Uh, Three-pronged uh, ministry that God's given us for Harvest 119, plus the two churches that we're serving as church planters with. Is this on? Okay. And uh, so one is prayer. And uh, we believe that God wants to bring spiritual awakening to the island. And it's going to happen as we pray and as you pray. We're called to strengthen rural evangelists through arranging training opportunities. And we're called to mobilize resource churches both in Taiwan and in America uh, by introducing them to the need of our West Coast uh, partners. Summer camps we have, and you can, uh, your young people or any age can join one of these uh, camps. We have our home church in New Jersey, the Grace Bible Church of Allenwood, New Jersey, has sent a sports team out the last two years. There's only been about eight of them, but they've all had experience in coaching. And so we've worked with Sun Hope Elementary School. You could join that team that comes. We're planning for it to come again this summer. And the people along the West Coast need... Uh, Lighthouse teams and the churches there need to be strengthened by teams that will come uh, equipped with Bible stories, uh, creation to Christ, so that people can come to know their creator, God, and Savior. Ready to reach neighborhoods for Jesus. <coughs> they need co-workers to help them build a healthy and vibrant church. Uh, perhaps you have an interest in children, moms and dads, the elderly. Youth, couples, family, singles. Uh, the language is important, but there are people who can translate for you. If you have a burden to uh, serve in this way, you are welcome. We can use you. The Lord can use you. Our project churches, West Coast churches, who have invited us to partner with them to build a healthy church. Tenway uh, is on the left. That's with a couple, Bright and Joyce, and their family, Minnie and Cooper. If they had a third one, they'd call it Carr, but I don't think they're going to have a third one. <laughs> um, and then uh, our folks down in Mato and also, whoops, wrong way. That's another. Darlin is a good neighbor church where we have been for the last six years. Their need is great. You can help them follow up on their summer camp students. We had almost 200 students that we ministered to this last summer. Isn't God good? Amen. He allowed us to broadly sow his seed amongst the youth and the children. Learn to tell God's story in home schools and in workplaces. We have a short-term missionary coming as soon as we get back to Taiwan this week. She'll be with us from the 10th until the 25th. and We'll be learning Bible stories together and she'll be getting into some people's homes. 
there's an invitation to come into a new home in Tianwei. Um, it has two names. The other name is Yutian. So I don't want you to get confused. But, so we'll just um, say Tianwei. <laughs> we'll try. <laughs> okay. Teaching children through the after-school programs at Sunday school. Or serving youth and the elderly. Or add your gifts to the team effort. You can sit on a chair and look funny. People will say, what's going on? And then we'll take it from there. You can learn to develop disciple makers. Teaching English or music. And teach how to develop a worship team. I enjoyed your worship this morning. Praise God. Thank Amen. you. Amen. All to enable these West Coast churches to become healthy and reproducing. Amen. This is a picture looking out our back door. And that's a new family that's uh, in our orbit that's uh, coming, coming to faith in Christ. Abian and his wife. So Taiwan, Taiwan Harvest, Harvest 119 welcomes, welcomes you. you. We welcome you to Taiwan. We're going back to Taiwan tomorrow. We just came back for two weeks. We came back on the 23rd, just before Christmas, two weeks ago. And we spent six days with our family, five kids, six grandkids in Yosemite, the first time for us. And so 18 of us were together. Four of the five kids are married. One has a fiance. So all together and uh, from four different countries got together. And uh, so we're, we're going back tomorrow to to do work and we're praying that it is not in vain with your prayers and God's blessing. We're happy to stay around after for talk, answer questions. We have a table back there. Yes, and if you sign up to be a prayer partner, uh, we may have already signed up and we will just uh, don't want to duplicate it, but if you've already signed up and you're not sure, go ahead and sign up again and uh, at least to sign up for to be on the email list and then uh, take a book mark. You'll see a, uh, a scripture verse that, that we've laminated you to help you as you remember to pray for us. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Griswold.